So our Bible lesson for today is found in the second chapter of Acts, and we want to start into that time now by watching this short video. The Holy Spirit had come down from heaven and filled Jesus' disciples. When the crowds gathered, they heard the disciples' voices speaking in their own language and did not understand what was going on. Peter stood up and said, I'll tell you what's happening. He reminded the people of something the prophet Joel had said long ago. God says, I will pour out my spirit on all people. I will show you wonders in the heavens above and signs on the earth below. Then everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Peter said, You saw the miracles, wonders, and signs God did through Jesus. Even though God planned for Jesus to die, you used lawless people to nail him to a cross and kill him. But death did not keep hold of Jesus. God raised Jesus back to life from the dead. Then Peter said, You have seen the truth. Jesus is alive. He went up to heaven to be with God the Father. Do not doubt this. Peter continued, When you killed Jesus, you killed the Messiah. When the people heard Peter's words, they felt very sorry. They asked Peter and the other apostles, What should we do? Peter told the people to repent, to turn away from their sins, and to turn to God. God will forgive your sins, and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. Be baptized in the name of Jesus, he said. Everyone who believed Peter's message was baptized. That day, about 3,000 people joined Jesus' followers. They learned what Jesus' disciples taught, and they met with other believers every day. They broke bread together and prayed. All the believers shared what they had whenever anyone had need, and they praised God. And every day, more and more people were saved. Peter's sermon shows the Holy Spirit's power to save and change those who trust in Jesus. God used Peter to preach about Jesus to the crowd so that thousands of others would believe and be changed as well. All who believe in Jesus are changed and will never be the same. Acts chapter 2 concludes with these words, which are kind of the summary of what you just heard, uh, the conclusion to that very first sermon uh, that Peter preached in the city of Jerusalem. Listen to these words. It's verses 36 to 38 and then verse 41. Here's what it says. Let all the house of Israel therefore know for certain that God has made him both Lord and Christ, this Jesus whom you crucified. Now when they heard this, they were cut to the heart. They said to Peter, the rest of the apostles, brothers, what shall we do? Peter said to them, repent, be baptized every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. So those who received his word were baptized and there were added that day about 3,000 souls. That's God's word that I want to spend a few minutes with you thinking about today in the context of your lives, of our lives together. So I want to start with this. How many of you here can speak fluently 
key word, speak fluently a language other than English? Raise your hand. It's hard to see. I see one or two. Okay. All right, let's do it this way. How many of you here studied another language in school besides English? Huh. So, so what's the difference between someone who can speak another language fluently and someone who simply studied it. Well, I think you all know that a person who can speak fluently is a person who is completely immersed in that language. They can actually think in that language. They don't have to do what I try to do where I have to listen in English, translate it to the other language in my head, then try to say it correctly in the other language, hoping that they'll wait long enough for me to be able to do that. People who speak fluently, that all just comes comes naturally to them. They say that people who fluently speak another language can even dream in, in, that, in that language. A long time ago, when I first became pastor here at St. Luke's, I was out in the front part of the church before the service started, and I, I saw a woman who I didn't recognize. She was obviously a visitor. Uh, she looked a little bit uncomfortable. And so I wanted to try and make her feel at home. I walked up, I introduced myself to her. And over time, I came to learn that she, at one point in time, had had a very traumatic experience with the church when she was young. And at the moment in time that I met her, her life was in a, in a, bit, in a bit of disarray. She, she was searching. And over the next years, she became a regular. She even joined the choir. She came to my women's Bible study every single week. And while at first, she swore that she would never, ever be able to speak Jesus to anyone, lo and behold, over time, slowly, she became fluent she became delighted in telling others about her Lord and about her Savior. So the question we're trying to get at today, the question that I want you all to try and digest is the challenge before us is, do you, can you, will you learn to speak Jesus fluently? Look, in the story, the first followers of Jesus, if you went to the very beginning of Acts chapter 2, they were hiding behind locked doors, afraid to even go outside, much less to speak Jesus to others. They'd been with Jesus. He'd preached. He's taught like no one they had ever heard before. He healed people. He, he brought people back from the dead. His, his followers thought for certain that this was the beginning of a revolution where Jesus would somehow use all of that divine power to drive out the Roman oppressors who were occupying their country and that Jesus would then squash down the religious leaders who were so selfish and so corrupt and that he would usher in a new day. You might say the world put right, that is the kingdom of God. 
And then you know because you've been here every week. The story went, went very south. The, the Romans and the religious leaders conspired to have Jesus executed. He crucified, he died, and he was buried, and it looked like it was all over. Until about two months before our lesson today, in fact, it was exactly 50 days before what happened in our text today, that Jesus rose from the dead, appeared to them many times, and then left them with this command, you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, in Judea, in Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. Now that command to be a witness, to speak Jesus to the world comes all the way down to us. But here's the problem, I think. There are many, many people in the world today who have never seen, have never heard about the true Jesus, about the real Jesus. What they have seen, sort of like the woman I met all of those years ago, in religion, in the church, are some followers of Jesus behaving very badly, angry and frightened and judgmental and haughty and condescending. I was talking about that with a lifelong member of St. Luke's this past week who in, who in just the last couple of years has suddenly become very fluent in speaking Jesus to just about everyone he meets. And he told me that when he, when he comes across someone who has had that, that negative experience with, with religion or, or with the church, he likes to ask, this, ask them this question and have a little dialogue with them. It goes something like this. He'll say, well, well, who's your favorite band? And let's imagine that this person says, well, I love Led Zeppelin. Led Zeppelin is my, is my favorite band. And then my friend says, well, if I take you to a Led Zeppelin impersonator and they are absolutely horrible, would you blame Led Zeppelin? And of course, the answer to that is, of course not. And then he follows with the question, then why blame God for poor impersonations of him? Look, Peter stood up and Peter told his story. Really, it was the story of his listeners. If you go back and you read the Jesus, you read the summary of what Peter said that day, it's packed full of quotes from what we would call the Old Testament, what they had grown up with. It was all about the promised Messiah. And then he concluded with those words you heard me read to you. Therefore, know for certain that God has made this Jesus both Lord and Christ, whom you crucified. Now, I don't think Peter's sermon will work so well for you today. In other words, this isn't just going and memorizing all of Acts chapter 2 and then standing up at your work and saying what Peter said. I think if you do that, people will just look at you funny and cut a very wide circle to try and avoid you as best they can. But you know what will work? What will work is telling people your story. 
Now, maybe some of you here have a story like, like mine. It's kind of a boring story because I was baptized into the church. I grew up in the church. I never left the church. And yet, over and over again, through the years, through all of the ups and downs of my life's experiences, Jesus has become more and more and more real and powerful to the point where now I speak more fluently. I can't imagine a day without Jesus in the front and center of everything that I think and do and say. Then again, maybe your story is like the woman that I met years ago where you were traumatized and, and you've spent some time running away from Jesus or maybe just from religion and, and then somehow finding your life sort of falling apart and, and looking for answers wound up to talking with someone about Jesus who then brought you back to church and you expected absolutely nothing to come of it except it did. Or what I really think is that you all are actually writing your story right now by trying to be parents and to raise kids in a world that, to be honest with you, gets scarier and scarier and wanting them so desperately to discover the best life possible. And you stumble into, into this place with a service where parents and kids can be together and kids can be kids without anybody giving them the evil eye. And Pastor Sam and Alyssa and Annalisa and hopefully Megan will be back with us sooner than later, help you learn to speak Jesus more and more fluently. In our story, when they heard Peter's story, they were cut to the heart and they asked, what must we do to be saved? In fact, what you might say is at that moment, their hearts were awakened to the power of life in Christ, which maybe you know is the mission statement of St. Luke's, awakening hearts to the power of life in Christ. Look, the great thing about learning to speak Jesus is that you're not in charge of how others will hear it and receive it. That's the Holy Spirit's job. But you can become more alert and aware to the moments when people are often open to listening, moments when a person has come to the very end of themselves and they have, they've run out of options. Sometimes it's, it's a crisis in their life, but people, more often than not, it's, it's moments of change when you, when you move to a new community. Maybe when you get married, you start having children, you're trying to raise them. You have aging parents, you get a new job. Those are exactly the moments where the Holy Spirit loves to rush in and awaken a heart when you plant the seed by speaking Jesus into their lives. Peter said, repent and be baptized and experience the forgiveness of your sins and receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. Now, I cannot, I cannot end today without telling you how that might sound in 21st century Jesus speak. Maybe something like this. Hey, no matter, no matter what direction your life is headed, if you, if you turn around and you look up, 
you will discover a wonderful, loving, kind, gentle, merciful, heavenly Father who loves you to death and back to life again, and He can't wait to hold you in His arms. Do you, can you, will you learn to speak Jesus?